Hello and welcome to the podcast version of Kenya's biggest conversation that's broadcast live every weekday morning from 6 to 10 a.m. on Spice FM. Hit subscribe for more thought-provoking conversations with your hosts Eric Latif, Ndu Oko and C.T. Muga and who's who of an eclectic mix of guests from the world of politics, policy, business and culture. This is a Situation Room podcast. Enjoy. We have a new guest in the studio. His name is Victor Buire. He is the director, uh, media training and development at the Media Council of Kenya. Today we are just talking to government. Yes, Serkal. Mm. Today is Serkal Day. This week our proverbs are from the country of Angola. Mm-hmm. One who throws the stone forgets. One who is hit remembers. <laughs> you know what you're seeing happening here, Bonabure, uh, is these two individuals yes. trying to demonstrate their vast knowledge of Angolanese. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Victor, good morning. Morning, Eric. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Long time. Uh, long time, man. But I follow you. Good. Yes. You should. You you, you can be, uh, be sure I follow. Very good. Mm. Very good. Welcome to the hot seat of the Thank situation. You. Always good to have you here. Pleasure. Yes. Your shirt is a buire. Yes. You're, you're wearing a buire. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. Mm. When you hear that proverb from Mangola, one who throws a stone forgets, but one who is hit remembers. Mm. What's your interpretation? You know, when you are hit, you have the scar, and you can always look at it even later, and you see there's somebody or something which hit me one day. But the, the, the one who threw it will obviously forget because he doesn't know the impact. So sometimes he will never bother, you know, that I threw a stone one day. Mm. So that's why largely uh, the person who in cars, who receives, always would remember. Because sometimes there are signs of what happened to him, where the stone hit him, as mm. it were. Or uh, how he dodged it, <laughs> I mean, or something he did to avoid it. So that's mm. why it remains uh, in, in you, the impact. So the recipient always remembers, yes. whether it's a recipient of a good deed or a bad deed. True. Karibu sana. Santa sana. Now, there's a lot that's happening in the media landscape. As the Media Council of Kenya, you sit there, you um, look at how media is operating, how uh, coverage is happening, what kind of content is put on media, various media platforms. And of course, you don't just deal with the legacy media. You deal with all media. Uh, just paint for us a picture of what, from where you sit as a media council, what do you see happening in the trends of media in terms of coverage, in terms of uh, uh, business models, in terms of consumption? Thank you, Eric, and pleasure, uh, colleagues. One, uh, quickly, the council is a regulator, as a way it will listen to complaints about journalists, but, but it's also a media development institution. Mm. And, and we work on, and that's why I'm the director for media development. And if you look at the media development indicators, the UNESCO, which is the United Nations, body that 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 this with media matters has put out the seven media indicators what shows that a, a media in a country or in a society is growing is helping so it's not just about media freedom but they, in fact the w again who, who is one of your partners also has given some indicators on how do we assess a country that is going well unesco has just released a report on kenya 
on the media development indicators for the country and 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 we look at the various the first seven obviously not going to all the seven but one of the things is the business model is the business model able to pay uh, for the for, for the news to pay uh, rights of journalists you know uh, training levels <coughs> standards uh, media support Uh, all those accreditation standards, training, curricula, uh, media freedom, safety of journalists, uh, the issue of gender, they are all mentioned in those indicators. And, and, and as a country, obviously, we have made uh, great progress. And, and I'm really sure that before the current constitution, media freedom and development was never mentioned in the constitution. Mm. And for the first time, I mean, as a constitution, we have several articles now constitutionally that provide for media development, media media freedom, and that, that's a major plus. Mm. And uh, even if you look at the Reporters Without Borders uh, a global ranking of media freedom in the world you remember last year kenya moved from 119 position to 69 that's almost half and and that was a, a major i mean a, i mean show that, that that a lot has happened in the sector and and, and that we appreciate now obviously in fact we are releasing a report uh, on what is called media trends in the country we do an annual uh, media report where we assess the things you have asked and we'll be releasing a report actually on 13th of uh, of february which is the world radio day you are aware so and and one of the things that is coming out in terms of trends that for, for example in the media consumption uh, uh, legacy media is still uh, doing so i mean it is still a dominant uh, place while uh, while the issue of alternative media digital media is a big big contributor uh, but legacy media in fact the, the the biggest source of news for kenyans is tv mm-hmm. uh, followed by radio mm-hmm. i mean and then obviously we, we go to i mean uh, to digital Uh, and within the digital also you start noticing there are also uh, segmentations in terms of where people uh, get the information so so that is uh, going on i mean you start seeing uh, that radio is still a dominant uh, player you know i have not announced the result here but mm. you, you start noticing that radios like radio maisha and the rest are highly rated i mean uh, spice in terms so that already also tells you mm. that 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 radio uh, tv that people still go i, I mean a, a, a bit of a bit uh, deep in the newspaper uh, consumption but but again you go to age you find the people 50 to and above still read newspapers mm-hmm. and they still want they had uh, newspaper that people who are subscribing but also those models have their own challenges uh, and and so noticing also that while yes we have a very vibrant digital media but again where does legacy media stop and where does that online media come because Remember, most of you now newsrooms are running converged newsrooms, so, yeah. so that you can't say that this this is digital media and this. And you have seen in one of the ratings a few years ago, standard website was rated one of the best. You know, so how then do you say, for example, uh, this is legacy media and Tuko is, <laughs> uh, Tuko is online? So, so a number of these blood lines then start also dealing with the issue of uh, you can't say one against the other. That that that, that complementarity uh, is there, and and uh, sometimes people also miss. Handle uh, the issue of the, the, the digital movement that a number of, of, of our colleagues, like for example, what was the, the trademark business for Standard Group? You know, there was KTN and Standard newspaper, and then now mm. the red. So you can't say you'll kill all these products and, and run to start websites. Mm. You know, you must maintain mm. a balance so that, that, that then you don't lose. Uh, because there are people who just came to standard because of the newspaper for example so you can't uh, run away from them mm. so so those are some of the statistics that are coming biggest news uh, so you you'd see there's a mix because you also notice that while digital is big and and we can't appreciate i mean we can't ignore it but you also start looking at other costs that relate to digital news mm. 
and you start noticing that a lot of people get go online to get information not mm-hmm. news yeah. so a lot of the people who go online are students who are in college looking for information to do their, their, their dissertation and they so they not necessarily go to uh, online uh, you start noticing things like uh, bundles the cost of bundles in mm-hmm. this country is quite a bit high yeah. and how many people can read a whole newspaper on 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 their phone using their bundles so that also tells you something that again uh, while we are saying that but the the cost of energy the cost of bundles the issue of internet con- does not allow a lot of people to go to get their uh, information news so that's why uh, you start still noticing that tv is still the biggest source of information for a lot of kenyans mm-hmm. so those are some of the statistics that are coming out obviously the issue of topics the politics politics still i mean again you look at politics but in different ways is it the politics of the drama or is it the politics of poli- public policy mm-hmm. and related so those are some of the uh, crime still uh, rates very high uh, a lot of people would would see an accident uh, the late professor magoha has died uh, rest in peace prof mm. but you get it in your whatsapp yep but you want to go to spice and confirm if mm. is it true you know so a lot of confirmation people still go to liberty media to cross check if that what i've seen on my digital platform is still the truth so there's a lot of that movement of uh, going this moving there so that, that, that those are the trends we are seeing mm-hmm. uh, uh, obviously uh, people expected and and this uh, eric you have been in this country for long people expected the, the government to receive media and say we are very good friends we must work together mm-hmm. you know that will never happen the mm-hmm. issue of tensions between government and media is global and historical sure. that, that you can't expect that so to me to expect that the dp regarding will say media come we take tea is not there so people mm-hmm. must just do their work and don't expect this you are a fourth estate you have already a defined role do your work and do it uh, diligently and professionally and some of these things will work out so speaking so, speaking victor of the defined role i mean we're looking at the trends obviously but looking at the side of the realization or the reacknowledgement of journalists and we say that we know the role of the fourth estate do we find that over time that the potency of that knowledge has reduced or has it increased or has it maintained has it remained the same that we know we still embrace the duty of journalism in Kenyan media i'm not even looking at a global perspective mm. but in kenya today the That's, role that journalists play media trust still very high I, I, at least i've read two three other studies that is showing that trust in the media as a, a source of information or a, a, as a, an accountability or a, i mean watchdog role is still there people still respect the media in fact the biggest challenge we are having from what i have seen and read is the industry itself mm-hmm. there, there are a lot of disregard and and, and and mistreatment or like what we are raising it comes from the industry itself mm-hmm. while we cry so so much about what the others are doing to mm-hmm. us but we never look at what we do to ourselves as an industry as a profession That's so that much. while other people are giving media respect mm-hmm. and and doing that but that respect cannot come if you don't respect yourself so as an industry how much do we respect ourselves how in, in the sense mm-hmm. that i mean basically things uh, one uh, how for you do, for for example do we employ and sack journalists you, you sack a journalist by an sms at one in the morning what was in a hurry in sending somebody an sms at where's the human rights if we are to sack eric from from spice there are processes mm-hmm. i mean eric will not die because you sack them my job but there's a process why would you send you an sms at seven to sack him mm-hmm. you know that dehumanizing of a person makes other people look at us that we write a lot of stories when people in industry are mistreated not not paid is paid one but when journalists are not paid 
said, well, this handle in the newsroom, nobody talks about it. So how do we expect other people to respect us if we don't respect ourselves, if we don't respect the profession ourselves? So those are, if, if people stay working professionals, family persons work for six months for three, without being paid and a company is making money, then how do you, then you allow your journalists to go and extort sources and extort other people and you are telling people how, my, I don't know how my guys survive, they just drive big cars. You know, that's an editor or a station manager speaking. So you look at this guy, are you normal? So how do you expect others to respect you if you don't respect yourself? So the respect must start, human rights observation must, must start, start at home. In, at home. Mm. Then gradually, because we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't look at ourselves. Look at even the language you use in a newsroom. You know, sometimes harassing everybody, you know, the, the, the journalism of 1972, where jeans and the started jeans and t-shirts, now people have gone to school, uh, graduate with a tie. So how do you handle such a person? So that the factory up to, approach to managing a newsroom must change. People are now talking about human relations. We still ha have human resource departments in newsrooms, where people are still talking about how do you relate as a human. Mm -hmm. So media must also grow, uh, and we are not saying everything is bad, but we must also grow and say as a public accountability institution, as a fourth estate, that's minimum things we must All do. All those things that you've talked, uh, Victor, are at management level, whether middle management or senior management, right? Yes. So as a media council and you as a director in charge of training and development, I know you have a lot of programs as media council that look at training journalists mm. on how best to, you know, cover stories, how to develop their career. Are there any programs from the media council that look at how to manage media as an industry? Yes. Thanks. We have a whole uh, uh, curriculum on media viability, on media development. We have brought short courses because the issue of specialization also is a major thing. Remember, unlike our time when we used to do journalism as a postgrad, currently somebody starts with a certificate in journalism, a diploma in journalism, a and remember news values are the same so that mm -hmm. our curriculum does not enrich somebody to grow and get more expanded in knowledge. And that's why we have introduced short courses on climate change, on management, on media, I mean photography, so that we help people also specialize with the general knowledge from the academy then you come and get short courses on a specialized area on business reporting on the result that this then also makes you an expert that is on it. reporting uh, about on management management like, do you have proper you've talked about human resource versus human relations and all are there programs where you've invited human resource departments from media houses big or small to actually come and go through this training uh, eric we have done we have a, a curriculum on media management we have a curriculum on financial literacy for journalists we have others but one of the funny things is that journalists will never really come for these things even where we have paid for and everything is there and and the biggest even problem we are getting is with the what we call now the big six or the mainstream media mm -hmm. because outside the community media the small uh, the, the local based media embrace this because they appreciate the role of management resource mobilization development of business plans for their in the, for the media but if i came here you tell me standard is a big media house do you think we don't have uh, such things in our you know so so there's a lot of resistance <laughs> from yet we know there are some gaps that sometimes you benefit from uh, uh, from some of these short courses so mm. so we want because we are we're also wondering most of you when you, they want to promote you eric they will take you for a masters in business administration as well mm. instead of masters in news reporting or i mean mm. so i mean uh, a lot of media are taking their staff of whom you know to Harvard, to mm. business school. So, so at the bigger level, but at the lower level, we are running a very, 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 very deliberate program on media viability. And the media viability uh, curriculum includes management, 
resource mobilization, development of business plans, mental health, and all that. Because these are 360 degree approach to how we must help. So we just need people to embrace and attend. Because a number of journalists also are too busy for themselves. That they, 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 this newsroom, newsroom is addictive. Yeah. That somebody will tell them there's a training here on this and this that might be helpful for your career growth. Somebody wants starts with asking you how much you'll pay them. Yet when I go to University of Nairobi, I pay fees. So here yeah. I'm calling for a training. You're asking me how much I'll pay you. <laughs> Then two, the, the thinking that a newsroom will die if you are not there. So even when Eric is on off, he must hang around the newsroom. You know, mm -hmm. and yet somebody has prepared a training for you. They have called a train. Bloomberg you know, brought a very good course which we did and for journalists for growth. There's now some course at at Khan University mm -hmm. and the Media Council itself is offering those course. So we want to encourage journalists also at whatever level. To embrace it because again, as you grow, one time, for example, if you became you became a CEO of of Standard Group, you need these management skills. So journalists must stop also look, just looking at themselves as only reporters. Only we must also start looking at this. We must grow at some stage. At one time, you will become your own manager of your own maybe uh, production firm. Yeah. So we we want to encourage journalists that these opportunities are there. We 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 we, we every day sit and think about how do we improve because without journalists, media council will be regulating who. Sure. You know. So we have every interest in having journalists there and journalists who are competent and journalists who are comfortable and can work. Journalists have also taken a hit um, recently, um, I guess over the last, you know, a number of years that, you know, the art of chasing the story seems to be lost um, on a lot of journalists. The mm. art of digging, you know, beneath the surface to find out what's really going on, which is one element of journalism. I mean, it's not the whole thing, mm. but it's one element for which people are very interested to hear, you know, investigative journalism, mm. really finding out what the real story is. Do you agree with that? Value? Yes, big time, but investigative I just did a study for an international group called Foyer Media Institute in Sweden on the state of investigative journalism in Africa. And I was the lead researcher, so I, I did uh, almost all the countries in East. And, and, and while in other countries there's a growth in investigative public interest journalism, not necessarily through mainstream media, mm. but from one, uh, digital platforms, to a number of journalists who live mainstream media, maybe out of frustration, the journal Alan Namu, uh, Mohamed Jitopevu uh, uh, issue with Standard, mm. a number of journalists are moving out of mainstream media and forming collaborations and, and starting their own investigative. So there's generally a, a, a growth of investigative mm. uh, data journalism in Africa, generally. That's not happening in Kenya because in Kenya, we are only talking about African uncensored, which is, I mean, and, and that, but if you go to South Africa currently, mm. you go to uh, West Africa, especially Nigeria, a very big uh, increase in investigative journalism, especially outside mainstream media houses uh, through digital platform. Mm -hmm. Kenya, like we mentioned, yes, and, and this is also coming while, while all the time people uh, are saying newsrooms have no time, have no resources to spend on uh, deep investigative journalism. Mm. But I believe that's a very, uh, uh, that's a very um, simplistic approach to, uh, to dealing with a big issue. Because, for example, Media Council runs grants. We give journals grants to go and do investigative journalism. So why would you say money is the problem? So, so let's not look for money, to, to, to use money as a reason of, of why we are not doing journalism simply because newsroom. Because I know including media council i know including other international organizations that i know you can pitch a story and you'll be given money to do that investigative journalism so people should not run quickly and say uh, newsrooms are, are not willing to because even when we started the grant making scheme of giving journals some money to go and, 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 and do stories there was again a lot of resistance from mainstream media houses mm. yet philanthropy journalism has taken root globally i mean that's a brand of journalism that is growing and people are partnering cross-border journalism 
People are coming together and saying this is a public interest issue. And if it's just money, we can put together our resources and use uh, spice the plant, but we can support. So let's also people, uh, and now uh, some of the things that we also are finding problem that it's impossible. And this is why I've talked to the Aga Khan University. We want to introduce a course on how to write a grant application that can win your story. Right. Because we have these grants, but even getting a journalist to just write a proposal on what he wants to go and do and budget is also a challenge. Mm -hmm. Why is that a challenge? Uh, because we, we have limited ourselves to be just story writers. Right. And we never think about life-saving life skills. Yeah. That a journalist needs to know how to write a proposal. It's sometimes embarrassing, I can tell you, on air. We sometimes offer some uh, mentorship for some of our journalists, some mm. jobs. You ask somebody to write an invoice. Send me your profile and your invoice. But some of these are processes. So, so we must also expand. Everything you're saying seems to point towards an industry that seems to be collapsing because I've listened and what dominates the conversation is the things that are wrong. Now, our journalism, I'm talking about, let's talk about Kenya. We, we, we live in a certain ecosystem. Mm. I am not a journalist in the conventional yeah, way of the term. Yes, I'm not a journalist. Mm. And so my views may be some, the views of somebody who is looking from the outside in. I'm now in, yes, but my views have been curated by being on the outside. And my understanding of journalism, and I'm looking at the challenge, it boils down to something that the ecosystem we have in this country has dominated. It's called entrepreneurship. Mm. So there are people who are diehard journalists, people who, the old school variety of journalists who are truth seekers and people who want to raise the bar. And then it's against the headwinds of a whole crop of people who've joined that particular industry, that fraternity, and what they are espousing is the ethos of the day. And it's mm. not just in journalism, it's in almost every other sector in this country. What is in it for me? No, no, not whether I stand for the truth or whether I, I, I have this larger goal that I want to, uh, to, to put across. And it's not just with the journalists, but also with the management. Because if you are talking about how something isn't quite working. The question that comes to my mind is, okay, are we seeing some of these things that we talk about, what you're referring to as mass sacking or retrenchment, are we seeing this as strategic undertakings? Are we seeing it as a display of incompetence? Ooh, what exactly are we seeing? <laughs> Did you say you're, you're, you're seeing like it's a, these are signs of a dying horse? I'm on record and I've written uh, uh, on record and it has been published in the Standard and other newspaper and I've said, that approach is wrong. It has never worked. It will never work. The issue of mass sackings and, and the, the way we are treating that problem is not. World Bank has done studies globally where they have said an industry or a company that is struggling cannot take the route of sacking or early retirement to survive. Because in when you use mass sacking or the, the, the approach of, of relieving people, retrenching, mm. because even the people started retrenched, they have not, never paid them their pension. The so they can even that. go and sue them. So you know you have added the problem. And the World Bank says, World Bank. studies have been done on companies. The one that, that talks about privatization. Yes, and, and they have and the removal and, of subsidies and stuff for and they have said, government and all and there's a such yeah. every successive government in this country we have seen eric when they come they will talk about wage bill we yeah. will suck yeah. but it never happens has it ever happened sucking of civil servants yes, yes. they always promise we'll remove these we'll remove but they don't because the last time it happened was structural adjustment program no. that the world bank yes and it failed miserably mm. so the, the the reason is they say in a company once you give people an opportunity to leave, for example, early retirement, or you want to sack them, or whatever, the, you lose the best 
because the bed they young they educated they they the creative they 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 the courageous yeah, will take their money and go and try something the company remains with the people who have lost hope who are and it cannot survive with that <laughs> so that one we have said a lot of time that the issue Let's of mass sackings can never solve the problem in the industry city <laughs> give him some minute bed it's hey. time for a minute bed break <laughs> this is the situation room the only way to start your day. Can you use with Victor Buire from the Media Council of Kenya. Siti, had you finished asking your question? No, I hadn't actually. Okay. I hadn't because you see, remember this is a perspective of a lay person who just only recently joined this fraternity that we refer to as the media. Mm. And what I believe was big on the agenda and what made media what it was was something I could refer to as a social responsibility and uh, it was laced with an acceptable aspect about it in that it there was integrity attached to it but then how then do you marry this with a profit making venture that is also part and parcel of the media's mandate because it's a business mm. and then what do you do when the money making venture especially at the individual level where one uses the platform of say a media house or the business of media to make profit for yourself and yet your primary mandate is as an employee so the very 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 tool and the very very essence of this particular business stands a very great chance of being compromised that is the truth now takes a back seat and profit and the pursuit of it takes the pivotal role thanks the people who do uh, the, like you said rightly the primary role of the media is social, the social responsibility and social the institutions that have played that role so well we are facing challenges but we are not saying uh, journalism is dead mm. i mean that that's not the conclusion there's a very bright future and things are happening uh, the only thing is that to assume that nothing is happening and and keep quiet and assume you know then you miss it because if you mix if you look at journalism purely from a commercial sense to make money and which most of our media houses are doing to make money alone then you also lose it there must be a balance between the making the money because this is an investment it must make returns but at what level are we saying we will serve the public if our interest is purely commercial and 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 that balance has been done elsewhere it's not a magic it's just people coming to sit down and say uh, how much do we you remember the rule of 60 to 40 60 editorial 40 uh, commercial mm. or you can decide 50 50 or 40 commercial mm. these are discussion and models that have worked elsewhere it's not a magic thing and what media is requesting is not a favor from anywhere mm. but there are models that have worked we want to make profits because it's a business it must have running costs yes and that's genuine but we also have a social responsibility of some of these things not every story we must look at how much money it will bring some of these things we do them because of public interests mm-hmm. so how do we balance and and people have worked in fact there's a team that has been sent to india mawaya and they are saying if for example media houses are feeling the pinch because of global uh, whatever covid post and those are realities mm-hmm. nobody's lying i mean refusing that but are there other approaches we can use for example so that we continue serving the public mm-hmm. And processes have worked mm. for example why do we sell a newspaper in Kenya at 60, 60 shillings the cost of production for a newspaper in Kenya is too high and 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 sometimes a lot of the money goes either to taxes mm. or to other operational costs yeah. how do we deal with this why for example as a discussion uh, can 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 we as an industry and what india has done in law and approach government and say because of the challenges and other sectors have gone through kepsa mm. kenya private sector land people and approach a government and we say we can zero rate or reduce taxes on newsprint because that's one of the most expensive item when a newspaper making mm. uh, equipment for broadcasting mm. is so high to to to, to import mm. in this country 
I mean as an apple it can be a temporary measure and, and industry reaches out and says government can consider so that that then cost can go towards maintaining journalists who bring these stories you see it's not an either or uh, there are other uh, ventures where the industry and that's part of the discussion actually either this week or next week the industry is meeting that that is not no longer about journalists alone mm-hmm. the investors the media managers advertisers commercial people must come to the table and say remember like, yesterday in Tanzania the government has set up a task force mm-hmm. to look at what is ailing the industry can media continue play, playing the public role if in the current state if we are talking about content is the king mm. because people primarily want that good content for public service and for public interest but we are not saying about pub, uh, content is the king when you have sacked all the people who have been bringing the content so where are you getting this content that should be the king but so what has it, made you sack them it's because you don't have the money to actually sustain and, and that's what i'm saying mm. when we look at money per se then we miss the whole thing they are challenge they they are in in some countries like uh, the scandinavian countries mm. there's what is called a media diversity fund where government supports media whether it's private or not but they made up a case that for us to continue serving the public interest mm. the challenges of operational costs we need support and those countries have a media support fund where government from the taxpayers money they support media because they know the critical role of media there are countries like australia south africa has now a media fund you know these things are possible so we, we are saying that we cannot just say because of money we give up and say now it's profit 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 mm-hmm. you know uh, but the, if we are getting these challenges mm-hmm. and we can't do the private uh, the, the social responsibility how else can we let's also look at the supply are we supplying content that meets the social responsibility but if we give up and and, and allow and give up and allow fail to meet it, for example pay journalists because uh, shareholders must get a profit at the end of the, the month and we are not and we allow our journalists to become extorters in town then we are failing that's how the private interest then because a guy goes gets a public interest story then he look he has not paid rent for two months then the guy says kill this story i'll give you some 10000 so you know but 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 so, so those are challenges yes mm. but what we are saying that something can be done about it it's not that it's a lost cause but then that's where the institutions such as the media council um could come in so you are quasi government yes then there is the communications authority which yes. licenses media houses mm. we've got the media owners association which is now bringing together the owners of media houses main, mainly mainstream media mm. and there is government itself mm. let me start with the government government attitude towards media can be seen with how government supports the public broadcaster KBC yes okay mm-hmm. and if we just look at how much attention KBC gets from its mother then you can just see huge government does not really think media is no. any important where do you come in there Eric, to make sure that first of all the first thing that you do is protect the public broadcaster so the public broadcaster remains vibrant and relevant to the country. Eric, one of the things and I had this discussion about KBC about year and and there's a lot of misinformation. Mm. The government spends so much money on KBC. Mm-hmm. That when somebody says and books are there you can go to treasure website and look at how much money government gives KBC. It's not it's not a private, it's not secret. You know. So and, and successively I can tell you because we sit with the KBC in the same subsector, we are yep. the same ministry. Yep. And I, I I see KBC making their budgets, how much they are allocated. It might not meet what they want, but government has been supportive to KBC and most of the programs. Is it supportive for development or is it supportive for maintaining just sustaining it? It's not just What I'm that. asking is is it sufficient support? Is it and, what uh, the public broadcaster needs to stay afloat and to serve that social good and the public see, good uh, sometimes uh, many times uh, uh, like now kbc is among the key 
institutions, government is reforming to make it a public, like the law requires. So that's a priority to government. So if it, it was not caring about KBC, it wouldn't have been a priority to the current government. They are even forming a task force very soon that will transform KBC into a proper uh, public broadcaster. So, Meaning so it isn't a proper Today public. as it is, it's a, it's a state broadcaster. It was never moved as the constitution mm. expected. It's still a state broadcaster. So, so, so those are some of the things that are happening. But like I mentioned, it's just like Kenyatta National Hospital. Sometimes when you hear something has happened, you never Never look at how much request that Kenyatta give to government for support, so that if they are unable to do one or two things, you know, just, I'm just using Kenyatta. Yeah. So KBC puts a request to government. It's true. Sometimes government does not give them fully all they want. Just like even media council gives a budget to government which is never fully funded. And, and but government has been responsive. I have seen uh, when Dr. Naim Bilal came, when uh, acting director, I mean uh, managing director Samuel Main, government gives, and things are not. The, the way people think outside at KBC today, if you visit KBC today, uh, it, obviously it's not full satisfaction that all people would want, but there are a lot of transformation, there are a lot of things that happen. Some of these things are purely management things, you know, but, but I can tell you there's a lot of change. So, so that's there uh, in terms of support. Uh, and we have engaged, I mean, uh, in, in, in a different manner. So KBC has not been abandoned as it were. Uh, and, and there's a lot of engagement. There are also some, a lot of historical things uh, at KBC that also, at some time, there was a huge loan of equipment from Japan that uh, grew. But government has taken over that loan now mm. to Treasury. They will limit it. So there's a lot of positive vibes, positive engagements uh, with, 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 uh, from the government towards KBC, uh, and which has been there. If we looked at uh, some of, I remember some of the, 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 the bills they had cleared there's a time kbc had a problem with the medical cover government came in there was a time they had other issues of uh, debts and what was so there, there are a lot of things that that have been done uh, there was a lot of uh, the issue of statutory deductions they were not being limited and which affected obviously staff morale and the rest but but some of those things have been strategically been dealt with they have not been uh, completely cleared uh, but there, there's a lot of positive development about uh, public broadcasting as it were but again you also notice in a country where uh, media space is dominated purely by private broadcasters, and that's what the question you ask, private versus responsibility. Because you go to, people are what is called impulsive investment in media. Mm. And media is treated as an extractive industry. Come, open a radio cell, make money and go away. Or make money, buy a house in Rwanda or somewhere. So people are not reinvesting in the industry. That's one of the major problems. Radio is making business, but you go to places like, for example, Meru Town. Meru has a near over 14 radio stations, mm-hmm. uh, six TV stations. Uh, you know, and you look at the market and the, the number of mouths. Who's, you, you obviously start noticing this is not investment for public good. Mm-hmm. This is purely somebody who is making uh, opens, picks money, and especially along, uh, along, um, along election time. So a number of the investors also in media. Look at, for example, a newspaper like Taifa Leo. For, for quite some time, Aga Khan used to maintain that newspaper, not because it was making money, but he just said it's a public good and, and we need people to read. And he used to sustain it. Mm. And one of the discussions we were having yesterday, when th- things were good, some of these companies were keeping money elsewhere. They, they, they have foundations, they have work. But we also have a challenge where, for example, a board of a media house has stayed over 30 years. These people even even what they are thinking now about that industry. So they, it's a profession. <laughs> 
uh, yet some of these things are changing too far. Look at our media houses and look at their boards. They have overstayed some of them. They, they don't move. There's no change in yet boards are the people that bring the policy and, and thinking. Mm. So some once people are comfortable, the board once the CEO reports profit from standard, the board is relaxed. Then it becomes a problem. So we, we, there are administrative things, there are legal things. Obviously in the law and and like we mentioned, we have said the public good of media is going down because of uh, cost related because of positive and that's why we are saying uh, the media industry is putting a request to government to consider introducing a media diversity fund to support media but there are also corporate issues in the media that must be handled if we are going to get all the little money we get and we are not reinvesting in the industry to get that public good the social responsibility mm. every time the little money we get we, we, we sponsor golf tournaments we sponsor other things that are not related to media but at the same time we are complaining how we don't have resources to maintain journals then we are also missing it so so there must be a conversation one time one senior editor said when we are when we are relaying off people from jobs we look at those who earn high so it's not about productivity of somebody you are just sucking somebody because he was it a crime <laughs> to, to earn a high line. salary you're looking yeah, at the bottom line you need but it's not a crime out. for somebody to earn high why do you suck somebody because he's had in the first place is so you who started take it and share it amongst others and and two you notice also the people the mass suckings as, as it were mm. are not serving it you are sucking 300 people who have been paying 15,000 27 shillings per centimeter or 500 shillings per clip when they send here story mm. so you look at the 200 people you have sucked what is the saving it's not even there mm. <laughs> so, so some of these things are just we are just bringing a bad name to the industry for nothing mm. <laughs> yeah, because they are not helping the, the industry to, to go where it is there are more uh, uh, approaches that can be used well, are you saying that some of the actions that you are referring to are not actually informed by data they are not informed by facts they are not informed by an understanding of what is actually happening today you will suck 100 mass suckings tomorrow i'll see an advert standard employee so what should data has informed because i see one media house in bongoma has sucked all they have not paid for, for their staff for six months they have sucked today i'm seeing an advert they are recruiting so, so if it was informed if you have uh, then why are you repeating this because the same people who are being uh, some of them are sacked from, uh, from 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 permanent contracts but the following day they are retained back to be the colonies to be the everything so mm. you know some of these things is what, so that what we are saying we are, there's too much focus on the supply side we also not looking at the demand side what is the, the, the what that the audience want and but, how but, do we satisfy this audience but you demand? as a media council what have you done or what do you do or do you plan to do to remedy this situation because you 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 have a clear understanding of it you are the media council of thrall yes one of the the the, the challenge which we have surpassed that that we have been having is the issue of ego and personal look at things mm. this is an industry issue <laughs> it's no longer about standard it's no longer about nation it's no longer about uh, uh, capital it's now a media industry issue that people must come to the table and discuss and that's why we say in the meeting that is coming up because we have raised some of these things but somebody will say we are a big company we have invested we have taken our managers to harvard we don't need your support you know but but you you dismiss me today but tomorrow i see you have that problem <laughs> you know so 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 what we are saying that people must stop and say let's come together to a table and have a, a dialogue on how are we salvaging the industry it's no longer about you as the executive or me it's about an industry that is obviously like you mentioned when people are being sacked they are losing jobs what that and yet other industries are being helped to grow to employ as we are going down to so what we have decided is that as an industry because we have some of this discussion we have gone to these countries we have seen how i mean i was giving an example of vision in uganda vision newspaper which is i mean had almost gone it's also a public newspaper but it's coming 
invite them. We have given the example from uh, Guardian, New York, you know, those are examples and others. Mm. So what we are saying that not all is just people to come and say as an industry, there are administrative things that purely are standard. Mm. There are legal things that, are, that need industry approach for government to change a few, to create a, a conducive working environment for media to make some profit. Mm. I mean, and there are other alternatives that media can use. You see, like when when we, we, I, brought, I, I bring a, a donor, for example, mm. a fitter who wants to fund some public interest, something on climate change mm-hmm. for the standard. Or, or, I mean, I'm just using the standard because I'm in the standard. Yeah. So, so it's not, <laughs> it's not then, that that's what they, you're doing. Uh, <laughs> then standard asks me, you are bringing a, 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 somebody to help us do it. What is the interest? Yeah. Are, are they going to influence our editorial? You know, but we are saying... So These guys are giving you their resources. Media Council gives grants. But we never follow a journalist to, to, to ask which story. So long as you do your story and publish. That's it. I mean, Eric, you remember Amref used to take us out mm. uh, to go to look for in their project. Amref would carry you with a, with a chopper, go. They will never tell you even which story, which angle you want to take. They will just take you to get your So Even if you want to hit them, that's your business. And, and there are purely some people who, who are just interested in the public interest. That if we allow media to just rely on the commercial approach, mm. They are going to die. How do you vet those? How do you vet to make sure that their intention is clear and it's noble? Because then you'll also agree that there are those who will, you know, say that they're sponsoring a journalist so that they can curate a story. They'll curate an itinerary so that the journalist just sees one side of a story. Mm. And the journalists will not be facilitated to actually get to see the other side, side of the story. By the time they come back, they only have one view. Eric, I've seen you, uh, a number of CEOs for media are signing MOUs with the governors. I mean, I see them. So the agreement are supposed to help media not to cover those counties negatively or what. So, so on one side we are saying we don't want to engage, on the other side we are signing MOUs. So one of the things is, for example, a group like Bill Gates, for example, I'm just using it. Hmm. They will sign with you a broad agreement hmm. and allow you to run that country. Those resources the way you want. They are not there to, Actually, to micromanage. No. Actually, no. So ph- philanthropy, journalism, very and, and, rarely, and you can read. Very rarely do donors allow you to run, run the, fra- the money the way you want. We run a grant ourselves. Media are you counts. telling me that you're given a grant without conditions? Yes, we give. No, no, and no, you can ask not people. You, the people who, where do you get a grant money from? The government of Kenya. Okay. And you're saying there are no stipulations are as no. to how the grant can from be the used. government of Kenya. Ask any journalist from Standard okay. who have won that award and do ask you Get grants, do you get grants from other uh, institutions that are not government? No, largely we, we work with, we are fully So, so is, our grant argument system. is the other, you know, government, government has this overall responsibility. Now, these other institutions have an agenda. And, and that's why when we get stuck mm. in the old model of thinking, mm. uh, of, of, of editorial discretion that must, but that journalists, once you give them money, they become this stamp, they just write the story you want. <laughs> then we are missing it. You have gone to school, Mwami, and you are a very highly educated person, and somebody cannot just mislead you to write a wrong story because he gave you some hundred thousand. You know, let's, let's be frank. We had a media fund. You remember all the donors came together through the Kenya Media Fund, HIVOS. They used to give money up between 200 to 500. You just write a proposal, we give. John Alanam, currently what does he do? He works with donors. Why, why, why aren't those donors influencing his stories? And we are saying John Alanam is one of the best public interest journalists who is working with Finland to do stories. Why does it become a problem to standard that say that this donor will influence our story? Uh, why? Are we saying that we, we are unable to say you can't shade, cross? Too shit, too shit. Sour. <laughs> I mean, so let's, because those are the approaches, uh, philanthropy journalism mm. has become one of the areas 
where institutions that are interested in public interest, the social responsibility of media, are willing. Some of the donors are even anonymous. Mm. They just some and of the these subscribers in terms of this New York Guardian are people who are just want to and they subscribe anonymously mm. because they want to support the public good. That's so true. we must also open up some of this discussion, and we are able to know. I mean, uh, the whole standard management will yeah. be able to know this is a donor who has bad intentions. This is a donor good intentions. I mean, so, so we should not run and, and, and hide. <laughs> Thank you. How about that? You made it to the end of today's podcast. You clearly ooze stamina. Guess what? Just hit subscribe at Standard Media Podcast, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Our podcasts drop daily. From me and the team, catch you next time. Bye-bye.